This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ashley Banfield here, and this is Rising Tide, the place where I bring some of the greatest mentor minds to you. If you care about your craft and you want to be better at what you do, I want to help you with that. You know, it's easy to assume that you need an Ivy League education to really make it big. But each month, I feature VIP mentors who are leaders in their industry, and they say, that's not true. They're going to prove to you that you don't have to have highbrow connections to create your own personal best. And they've agreed to share their tips, their secrets, and their career advice with you. This is Rising Tide. Dan Abrams, you know, I hadn't told everybody this, Dan. I didn't put it in the email to everyone on the the Zoom right now, but um, I've only ever had one person in this business that I constantly turn to for advice. And it's Dan Abrams. We met each other 24 years ago this November or December. Yeah, 24 years ago this December. I know, crazy. Um, And ever since then, we've been really good pals. But more importantly, I've just been such an admirer of Dan's work ethic, his skills, his ability, his talent, his grit, and his friendship. And so every time I've made a decision and a career turn, I've called Dan. So this is a very, very special rising tide because he's my mentor. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. I mean, I know, you know, about the various text messages I've gotten over the years uh, where we've then talked, et cetera. But I, I, I am, I am humbled and I am honored and, uh, It's very nice of you to say, and it's very meaningful. So thank you. You're my guy. You're my guy all the way. Uh, So I'm really glad that I've got the questions that came in from our group. I'd love to see all your faces if you want to pop your faces up. Um, Let me give a quick bio on you, because literally, if I were to just do the normal bio, it would be the whole half hour. So (laughs) it's going to be a quick one. All right. You all know Dan as my partner on on News Nation at... um, in the prime time, but he's also, he's got such a huge repertoire. He's the CEO and founder of Abrams Media. He's the host of Dan Abrams Live, obviously on uh, News Nation. Uh, he's also the host of On Patrol Live on the Reels Network, um, formerly called Live PD. Uh, he's the chief legal affairs correspondent for ABC News. He is the host of Sirius XM Radio's The Dan Abrams Show, where politics meets the law. And he's the host and the executive producer of Court Cam and also Taking the Stand, both on the A&E Network. Uh, he is the author of numerous New York Times bestselling books because that's just what he does when he has a minute to spare. Um, those books are all on the um, most overlooked trials uh, in history. And if you were just wondering that first little line of his bio when he was the CEO and founder of Abrams Media, well, let me tell you what that is. Um, Abrams Media includes Mediaite, which is huge. It also includes the Law and Crime Network, huge. 
and lawandcrime.com, huge, as well as a whole suite of fine liquor review sites led by whiskeyraiders.com. I think I probably missed something. Did I miss something, Dan, in that? The vineyard, you know, I'm uh, <laughs> yeah, just saying, you know, I, I own a vineyard, which is, uh, yeah. you know, I think one of the coolest things that I do. A lot of these others are like media stuff, but yes, no, this is very nice. So thank I you. I forgot about the vineyard. He yeah, yeah owns and operates a vineyard. That's a full-time job for anybody. And look at you. It's just, the, it's just, the I don't operate. Thing. I own, I don't operate. I couldn't okay. operate. Yeah, yeah. Well, own is, um, it's part of our conversation today, but, but own isn't just uh, buying and walking away. Uh, that's your asset. It requires management. It requires oversight. It requires time and it requires knowledge. So that, I'm going to just start that question uh, what is your metric for deciding whether you're going to take on or launch a new project, given what it requires, even if you're not the operator? Well, you know, look, and, and that equation for me is different than it used to be, right? Meaning I wanted to write another book uh, and I can't do it right now because I'm simply doing too many things. Um, so my co-author and I had a terrific idea for a new book and I simply had to make a practical decision that I can't devote the necessary time to it. And, you know, he would say things like, oh, come on, you know, you can lean on, I'll do more on this book and this. And, 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 you know, Ashley, I know you're the same way as I am that anything that I do that I put my name on, you know, there's going to be a level of my involvement in it. I'm not going to just get something and check out. Uh, I'm not going to do something half fast. Um, and so, um, you know, that's why in any decision that I'm making about what to do next, currently, I have to figure out, do I have, you know, the time or ability? And one of the, the great things about some of what I'm doing now is that there can be overlap, right? So between my News Nation show and my radio show, I'll often do some of the same topics. The difference being that on my radio show, I'll get people to call in and respond. And sometimes I'll want, for example, feedback before I do the segment to think, okay, I'm gonna have a debate on this tonight. Let me hear from people as to the various arguments that are gonna be being made. So let me throw it out there before I do it on News Nation. Um, and so I can get the feedback. Sometimes I'll do it the other way, which is to say last night on my News Nation show, I did this, but I'm curious what the, the response is. So, so, you know, I try to, um, you know, I, I try to cross pollinate as much as possible in, in the various things that I'm doing. Well, I, it's funny that even just this one book has been the decision like, oh, I'm too busy because I would have said that line uh, five projects into your bio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I, I can barely get this show done. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, and, look, and, and by the way, the, the last book I did, I had largely finished before I started doing the show, right? So the News Nation show, as you know, you know, it it just takes a lot of time. I mean, particularly in the way that, you know, you do your show, the way I do my show, you know, I do a lot of editorials and editorializing on my show. And, you know, I have to make sure when I do that, that it's buttoned up. Um, so that does take a lot of time. And it's not the sort of thing where I can just mail it in and I can just say, oh, you know what, I'll show up an hour before the show and I'll edit some scripts. I mean, you know, that's just 
not the way I roll and not the way I could host a show. That's how I feel. And I'm glad you said that because I've always felt very, um, and I, I'm wondering if everyone else on the Zoom feels the same way. Like I've always felt so inadequate um, because I, because literally my entire day, it used to be 15 hours a day. Now it's 12 is really dedicated to this live program five nights a week. And I thought, how the hell does, does Dan add all these other things to portfolio? But what you're saying is don't feel bad. If you feel as though a live show that you're working on takes the bulk of your, of your world. Um, because live, live broadcasting really is, um, a, a, it's a test. And look, and I'm also very proud of, of what we're doing on the show every day. Right. I mean, you know, that's part of it is that, I don't have to do this show. I mean, the good news for me is I'm in a really lucky position right now in my life where I'm doing enough things that I don't need to do any of them, right? And so the only reason I'm going to keep doing any of them is if I really enjoy it. And this one takes up a lot of time. And yet I I do find it very rewarding. I mean, you know, I do like the idea that we're kind of the upstart. I do like the idea that there's not a preconceived notion about what News Nation is. And so hopefully people come in a little more open-minded. I do think that in this period in our country that we need this more than ever, uh, some sense of a place to go that doesn't already have, uh, you know, a reputation for being, you know, this or that. And so all of those things together are part of the reason that, you know, I commit so much to this show. So that we covered a lot of the question that um, Wyatt Sharp from Toronto, by the way, he's um, going into ninth grade and he has his own show and he's interviewed um, prime ministers, ambassadors. I mean, he's really no joke, this kiddo. Um, and his question was, as someone who's got a lot going on, all the things we just listed, how do you find that you're able to dedicate an adequate amount of time to each one to ensure that they can all be successful? And Chris Maloney from Atlanta ask something that I want to just add to that. If somebody asked you to describe what you do in a word, um, what would that word be? So see if you can answer both, like the how do you, how do yeah. you decide on the dedication of how much time to each? And then what do you do in a word? So let me start with the first question. Um, I compartmentalize, right? So I have to get into the thing I'm doing at that moment and make sure I am totally into it. So when I'm hosting On Patrol Live on Reels, that's my world. That's all I'm thinking about is policing, and I'm thinking about what we're watching, et cetera. But I can also tell you that in there's a, a lag at times. Usually there's about uh, an hour and a half, a little bit before we do a sort of pregame show on, on Reels and after, where I end up watching videos for court camp uh, or look at scripts for taking the stand. I, I make sure that I know that's my time to do those other things. So, okay, so I'll have an hour and a half there. I'll have an hour in the car on the way to get there, et cetera. And so I'm literally mapping out my entire day, obviously, including the Saturdays, um, with exactly what I'm going to be able to achieve. And, you know, it wasn't like designed for me to be doing this many things. You know, six, seven years ago, I was doing my businesses and I was with ABC and that was it. And then all these other things just kind of fell into place in a way. And yet, you know, because I really like doing all of them in their own different way, 
that's the reason I haven't given up on it. The answer to the question of what I say when someone asks me, what do you do? It's a tough question, right? You know, I say media, um, you know, I mean, you know, I do a lot of different things is what I often say. And, you know, there'll be times when someone will come up to me and say, oh, you know, hey, I love what you do. And I'll be like, <laughs> which one? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's just part of, uh, but look, the good news is increasingly more and more people are talking about the News Nation show, which is exciting. Exciting for us. Yeah. Um, I, I always imagine when I see someone who has a, like a Ryan Seacrest, you know, they've just got so many gigs. You're kind of in that, you're in that same uh, basket. And I imagine this phalanx of management teams and people who direct you as to where to go. You don't have that. It's just you. I mean, I have, look, I have some, you know, some help on the back end, but yeah, I mean, I don't, um, you know, I don't travel with an entourage. Um, I, you know, I fly solo most of the time. Um, and, uh, that's just, you know, and again, that's kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about wanting to do it yourself. Um, and that ends up being, you know, the way I do a lot of what I do professionally. So do you, are you just extremely good at time management and scheduling? Is that why you keep, you know, your hair from blowing off the top of your head? Yeah. So I am, I am pretty good at, as I say, like focusing short term, right? This is the problem with the books, right? With the books, I need hours and hours and hours of alone time. I need enormous amounts of, and, and, and I used to have that time, right? Which I just don't have anymore. But that's a different kind of skill than what I'm doing for a lot of these other things where, you know, I will sit down and crank out a script, let's say for News Nation. I'll sit for 45 minutes uh, at times and just, you know, crank out an editorial or something. Um, And other times I'll edit a script for six minutes. Um, But the point is that that I do stay focused. but in a relatively short period of time on each of these things. And so that is what allows me to do it. And yeah, I, I think I've gotten pretty good at time management. It does mean though, that I literally don't have time during the day to like, you know, do the sorts of things that I used to like doing, you know, going on the internet and looking stuff up and, uh, you know, buying wine and like my other sort of like random pastimes. I I just, you know, it doesn't fit into the schedule. Well, that, that is another question from Chris Maloney in uh, Atlanta. And that was uh, because of your business commitments, how do you balance your work and personal life? What sacrifices have you had to make any regrets? So tell me about those, those moments you have, you you have snacking moments, but you're filling them with work at all times. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I make sure that I am, you know, there for my my kids as much as I possibly can. So, for example, I will often do Good Morning America in the morning and race home in order to be able to take my son to the bus um, before he goes to school. But um, I'll say that having the on patrol show on weekends, on nights, you know, definitely ends up being a bit of a you know uh, takes into my my social and my prof- my um, Uh, my life with my family. So I try to make sure then 
Again, another reason I can't work on the book was that on a Saturday, for example, during the day, I want to make sure I'm spending the time with my son. On, you know, on Sunday and sometimes into Monday, I'll want to be with the family, et cetera. So, you know, it's about, again, I, I have to end up sort of scheduling my family life in a way that is more rigid than maybe it is for some. Well, it makes sense. Um, but it's good that you're doing that because some people don't bother scheduling that. They just kind of hope it'll just happen. No, and, yeah, know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't just happen. It, 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 wouldn't it, just it happen. wouldn't, no, I have to, I have to think about it and I have to make sure that every, you know, week I'm thinking ahead to, okay, I've got this, I've got this, uh, you know, how am I going to make sure I have enough time with my kids? Are you, are you sprint? This is a crazy question and it's going to sound wrong until you hear the end of it, but are you sprinting to retirement or are you doing something that you're so fulfilled? You see yourself doing this till you're 90. Somewhere in between. Um, so I couldn't keep up this pace until I'm 90 um, no. doing all the different things that I'm doing. And again, you know, being in our business, I'm really lucky uh, that I have, you know, all these opportunities. So for now, I'm, you know, I'm juggling them, but um, I will not continue doing this um, long term. But again, you know, it's not about when you mentioned retirement, you know, I'm not doing it for, you know, to, to try and get as much money as I can, right? Um, um, you know, different things I'm doing are much more or less, my businesses are probably the most important thing I have um, financially, right? And so the other things are um, interesting and fulfilling and exciting in, in different ways. And, you know, look, when people go into media, a lot of people like, like me, um, in part, you do it because, you know, you want to have a voice at the table, um, and you want to um, be able to help shape, be it policy, be it um, decision making, um, et cetera. And that's fun. And that's something that no matter what I do down the road, um, I wouldn't want to give up entirely. So um, I think that as I get older, I will still be doing some of this stuff. The question is, which ones and how much of it? Right. And, and which ones give you the, you know, the relevance that um, is satisfying as you continue to, you know, shift and sh help shape uh, our national conversation. I can see that. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So I have Walter Jurst from Columbia, South uh, SA, South America? No, SA, well, is that Walter on the Zoom that I can see? 
Hi, Walter. Okay, Walter asks, Dan, when you got your law degree, uh, did you consider going into private practice or was TV always at the top of your career goals? And Stephanie Haynes from Dallas adds law school, yes or no? So um, I got really lucky in that sense, in that when I was in my second year of law school, I was realizing that I probably didn't want to be a lawyer, but I wasn't sure. You know, it's not that I didn't like it. It was just that it wasn't that exciting to me. And um, as I began my third year, Court TV started, uh, and that was 1991. It was the first year of Court TV, and they were looking for, and I had been involved in the, um, the newscast at Duke where I went to college. So I'd worked in TV. I'd done some you know, college on air uh, stuff. So I had the interest. Um, and they were looking for people who had law degrees in particular who were interested in TV. And it meant that you had to take a big pay cut, right? Much less money than you could make being, being a lawyer. But I don't know that I would have had the guts to totally make the jump if it had not been for the law firm where I had worked after my second summer. They made me an offer and you go, you basically go for a summer. And if, if your second summer law firm gives you an offer, you typically go back to that firm after you graduate. And I told them about this offer from Court TV and they said, you know what? We'll give you a year. You just have to mm -hmm. promise not to apply to any other law firms. We'll hold your offer for a year. And they held the offer for a year. I never obviously went back, um, but I've always been so appreciative of that because I think if they hadn't, I know if they hadn't, the decision would have been much harder for me to make that jump out of law, safety, knowing what I'm doing to this thing which no one knew if it was going to succeed or if it would work or if, it, you know, et cetera. And so, again, Life in part is about um, being in the right place at the right time. The timing worked out kind of really well for me, but it was also luck. It was also some luck that the law firm that I had worked at was so accommodating. And sometimes it requires just jumping off that cliff and not knowing. I think, you know, Megan Kelly said to me um, on an episode of her NBC show, the daytime show, that she was working in a law firm and she remembers work that I did on 9-11. And, and, she, and she said to herself, her interior you know, dialogue was, well, if Ashley can do it, why can't I? And she left a very lucrative law career, hoping to maybe think, you know, make things work in TV. And clearly it really worked you yeah. know, for her. Yeah. Um, but, but she jumped off that cliff and wasn't quite sure of the security um, parachute. But um, yeah. And look, and, and, and look, that's even a harder call that someone like Megan has to make where you now have a career. Um, you know, for me, you could argue that. I make the jump, doesn't work out. I then apply to law firms again um, and, and try and find another job. Yeah. Okay. So this is a little bit like that, but it, it it's a twist on that theme. It's Taylor from Tampa, Florida saying, what's the best way to get into the broadcasting industry when you went to school for something else completely and you don't have much experience in the industry? Specifically, I'd like to be a producer for a new show one day, but I can't even get my foot in the door for an entry level production job. So, you know, I think that that there should be a way to get in. Um, and the way is to show um, a familiarity with the topics that you're covering. I mean, 
You know, if you're if you are really interested in politics or or uh, criminal justice or whatever it is, show in your resume that you are incredibly passionate about the topic that whatever said show covers. That's enormously valuable to anyone who's who's looking at resumes. I mean, I've looked at resumes of people with zero TV experience, but super passion for, you know, for example, for Law and Crime Network. Um, you know, when I see people who are really true crime junkies, I'm thinking there's got to be a way that we can find a position for this person because I know that they're super into what we do. So that's the thing to do, which is to make it clear in whatever, if it's just general news, right? Show in the context of your resume. Have you written something for, you know, a personal blog? Have you, um, you know, show some level of excitement in the area that they cover? And I think that there's, I think there's definitely a way in that door. And then add to it the stuff that they have already covered. Like, you know, uh, I loved it when you did the story on such and such. Exactly. And you interviewed that guy because yes. that guy has a really good past. Like, then it shows me you are the real deal. You're not just, you know, I'd like to dabble in your world no, for right. a while and see if yep. it works for me, you know? Yep. Never, yeah. ever, never, ever suggest you're trying something out. Uh, always, always ask for the job and suggest the added value that you'll bring. Bring them a favor. Don't ask for a favor, you know. Is, oh, and by the way, Stephanie Haynes's question at the end of that last law school topic was um, law school, yes or no? You know, I, I would only go to law school if you want to be a lawyer. Um, so I just think that that there are too many opportunities these days for young people to do really amazing things. Um, at a much younger age than I think maybe was possible 15 or 20 years ago, um, generally. And so I'd say if you want to be a lawyer, absolutely go. But if you're going because you're unsure about what you want to do in your career and this and that, you know, I'd say go out there and start working somewhere, um, figure it out. And if you decide three years later, you want to go to law school, you can go to law school in your late 20s. That's good. That's interesting advice. Um, this also comes from Chris in Atlanta, and I love it. If somebody asked you, what is the one thing I should start doing today? What would you say? Is there one thing that everyone should be doing or is everyone different? Um, you mean professionally? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To better your um, career. Yeah. So, um, you know, look, look I, think, I think this goes to, again, what I was talking about before, which is passion for, for where you are. Um, I think that um, being an expert in something helps being an expert in the sense that, you know, you've been a producer on Ashley Banfield's show. When someone sees that resume, they're going to know that you've got a really good sense of the criminal justice system. Um, and that there's no way you could have been a producer on that show without having a level of expertise now. Uh, and so I would just say that, that showing that you have, some degree of, um, you know, specialty familiarity with, um, you know, with, and, and by the way, you know, on something like my show, I hope that people who are producers on my show, people will look at their resumes and say, oh, well, you know, probably sort of politically balanced um, because, you know, they probably couldn't have worked on Dan's show otherwise. So it's about um, uh, 
maintaining that. And the other two things that I've always said are the most important things to success in life are exercise and dental hygiene. That's a, such a Sanjay Gupta answer. It is. Has he used the same thing? Has he, he talks on. about dental hygiene being really? so critical to your overall health and your I'm mental a health. Yes. Huge believer in it. I didn't know that Sanjay Gupta had said that. So yeah. I got to be careful because I don't want to get accused of. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> but I am. I, I think that for general happiness and well-being, I mean, one of the things people ask me a lot about is how do I maintain considering how many things I'm doing my my mental space and it's exercise. It's I try to do something every single day, be it 20 minutes or be it 50 minutes, um, somewhere between 20 and 50 minutes of some form of exercise every day. Do you notice a difference? Like, are you are you worse in performance and uh, acuity if you've missed a couple yes. days? Yes, no doubt about it. I'm and I'm also like, you know, just, you know, mentally, I'm, you know, probably get I, I think it, it helps buoy your spirit too. Um, I think that you can get, I'll speak for myself. I can get kind of, you know, start wallowing in anything, you know, it could be anything from, uh, being upset about a bad show to an argument you got into someone eating too much one night, whatever it is. Um, those things all go away for me when I do exercise. Um, afterwards while i'm doing it i'm miserable and, and does it make make a difference if you're like start your day with exercise or end your day with exercise does it matter to you um i try to start but you know i can't if i have good morning america in the morning i, I can't do it before so what i'll do is you know and this becomes a logistical pain is you know makeup makeup off uh yeah. exercise Makeup way off. worse for women, by the way. P.S. Yes. You, yes. you can do it. We cannot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. no, it's an extra two of, hours a day. Yeah, the I mean, makeup on, makeup off is a real thing for TV. Yep. Yep. And hair. Yep. Ladies. Uh, all I have to say, when I used to work at, um, when I did the early morning um, on CNN, I used to get up at uh, four and go running with a headlamp and a reflective vest. No way. Yeah, I did every day. I ran uh, a couple miles, just two miles. And then I would do yoga when I got home. And I remember it being such a routine. It didn't seem weird to me until yeah. I was on another schedule. And I thought, hell no, I'm not getting up early to exercise. Right. <laughs> well, until you got pulled over by a cop who was like, what is this woman doing with a headlamp um, <laughs> on the side of the road? Yeah. yeah. I know I look I look like a like a, a fundraiser crossing the country. I had all the reflections all over front, back, everything. Yeah. So I was safe at least. You yeah, know? And then yeah. I came across a couple of deer that really scared me in the middle of the night because their <laughs> eyes were glowing back at me. And I remember thinking this might not be totally safe. <laughs> for the wildlife alone. Speaking of wildlife, I just got to give a little secret to the Zoom folks. You probably recognize that I have zero makeup, nasty hair, and I um, am not in my regular background. I'm in a 117 year old hunting cabin right now up in central Canada uh, where you if you were going to take off from any of the places where you are currently you could not get here for under 12 hours it's pretty wow. remote and I'm on an island so I have to take a boat into work every day because I have a studio that I've set up in uh, in the mainland in town so that's why the my, my environs are a little weird and but it's kind of this like like Dan it's your commitment to what you love uh, you'll bring it you'll bring it on vacation with you you know like 
it's it's something that I just find so special being able to go to work uh, and do a show and then come home in the pitch black of night through all these black islands on the lake. It's look, just it's, it's very special. Look again, it's it's again one of these things where I think you have to appreciate. I know you do. You know um, what you've achieved, right? You've achieved the ability to be able to do that, and it's pretty pretty darn cool. And I'll tell you that every day, you know, I take stock and appreciate that, you know, based on certain decisions I made, based on some luck, based on being in the right place at the right time, et cetera, that I've been able to do things that really make me feel incredibly lucky. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Somebody else asked about comments. Um, like I'm trying to find the, the question. If anybody's there, just pop up in the uh, chat about reading comments. Like. Mm-hmm. How much of uh, how much of comments in social media should we really read? Because we do want to get a feel, but then it can be so demoralizing. Um, whether it's comments about yourself or about your program or about you know politics, even. Yeah, I read a lot of it. Uh, I read a lot of it. I read most of the comments that come in. I read a lot on social media, um, and you know, it doesn't really bother me unless there's something that you know. If I got something wrong, and you know happens occasionally that I wouldn't say it's overtly wrong, but there'll be something where someone will point out that, you know, maybe I omitted something, et cetera. And, you know, those are the ones that sting, right? And that's the reason I'm reading. I'm reading to see, okay, fair. I mean, someone who just says, you know, Dan Abrams is a a Trump supporting nut or Dan Abrams is a left-wing lunatic, you know, like all that stuff just goes in one ear and out the other. Um, But look, but I also do you know, I do the thing that's hardest sometimes, which is appreciate the nice things people say. You know, it's like people always focus on the negative and it's true. There's a lot of negative, a lot of negative. Um, and I, for whatever reason, I now find it mostly amusing. But, you know, I try to make sure I'm really appreciating the good things. Um, again, because this goes to feeling really lucky that I have what I have and that people watch what I'm doing and generally like what I'm doing. Um, And, you know, I think if you can't do that and if you only focus on the negative stuff, that's when you're going to spiral. And, you know, I try really hard and, you know, I think I've been relatively successful at that, of really appreciating trying to, you know, send little uh, emojis to people who say Dan Abrams is awesome. Send them a thumbs up or, you know, one of these or, you know, because I do. I really appreciate it. By the way, there's a comment saying OP Live is great. It shows that officers are humans. I agree, Walter. I love OP Live. I am. uh, I'm one of Dan's. Not just Dan. It's the show, too. It's not just you. I'm not a stalker. I love that show so much. I tape it and I watch six hours of it every week. Swear to God. that's pretty and crazy. As, as you know, I'm sure everyone knows that Ashley also um, hosts occasionally, um, which is great. 
So I, it, and it's like it's like super fandom getting in there and seeing the guys and the the, the audience. I mean, the the audience around OP Live is like wow. almost nothing else on television. Um, it's like nothing else on television. It's yeah. like nothing else. Um, no, even NBA. It's it's even more rabid, I think, than NBA because the demographic is so concentrated, and it's exactly the demographic the TV wants. Yeah. Um, um, so, by the uh, way, Jennifer Gardner uh, was the one that um, asked the questions about the comment. I want to give you know credit where it's due. She was the one who asked about reading comments, and she says she really doesn't love reading those comments because uh, it can be pretty demoralizing. Which I I can understand that. Uh, Dan, I've already kept you for six minutes longer than I should have, but I could like. I can go on forever because I just think you're so um, you're well, so we just, like, we just like talking to each other. So it just we happens that there are other people around this time. Yeah. We do. It's true. It's true. But I mean, I, listen, I, I I really do mean it when I say I um, I have great admiration because I think you've just accomplished so much in such a strategic and careful way. Uh, you never you're not volatile at all, which, you know, most busy, busy people are. And um, so it's, it's, it's a testament to somebody who I would turn to right away for advice, because I think you just kind of figured it all out. Well, thank you. It's very, very nice of you. I really appreciate it. And I Plus appreciate sweetie. everyone who came in and uh, and listened to what I had to say. Got a two, th two thumbs up and a thanks, Dan. And a Dan is at the level. <laughs> saying thank you. Thank you, Dan Abrams. Oh, by the way, everybody. Um, and Dan, you too, if you can squeeze in a half hour in your schedule. Dan, uh, Dan, Dan number two is coming up September uh, the 12th. It's Dan Rather. He's going to oh. come and give his advice from an extraordinarily long and storied oh. career. There's a guy who's got a lot to say about. Well, there's a, there's a real guy to listen to. All right. Yeah, this is the warm up act. And, uh, you know, go to the, 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 the master. We'll be here in September. Oh, you're adorable. Well, listen, thank you for all of your great guidance. And all over the years, thank you for me personally. And then thank you for sharing your wisdom with everybody on the Zoom, Dan. My pleasure. All right. Actually, bye, bye everybody. I'll see you on September 12th for Dan Rather. And Dan, I'll see you back in New York. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Okay. Have fun, Ashley. Bye, gang. Don't forget, you can watch me every night on News Nation at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 p.m. on the West Coast. Don't know where to watch us? Just go to www.joinnn.com. Enter your zip code, and the channel finder will show you where you can find us on your broadcast dial. But don't forget, we're also on all the streamers. Hulu, Roku, YouTube TV. This is Ashley Banfield, and thanks so much for joining me for this edition of Rising Tide. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.